Hello and welcome to episode two of This AFL Life. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and once again joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Good evening, Alison and Caddy. And Susan Cadman. Hi, team. So we're not going to do a game-by-game review, but I thought we'd, we'd kind of bring a bit of a Monday night game review feel and we'll just go through some positives and RFIs from the weekend. So for those who are unfamiliar with RFIs, it stands for Room for Improvement. A lot of footy players will probably be quite familiar with the, with the term. But I remember when, when the first year I was the operations manager at the Falcons, it took me till about round eight till I found out what RFI actually <laughs> stood for. <laughs> so, Hiba. Yeah, Positives from the weekend? I think I've landed three positives for the weekend. The first of which I'm going to say is overall score lines. And I think when we look back at round one of season one, we'll agree that the score lines were probably lower. Again, I haven't done my research on this. But the score lines and the goal kicking um, and the points just in general were higher than we've seen um, across the board. So the positive was that means entertaining football, uh, goals. Um, the second positive is Richmond's first quarter performance. I think they came out firing, which is something that we hadn't really seen from them previously. And I think having Katie Brennan in the forward line just changed their game. Amazing, Amazing. isn't it? It was Who would have thought? Who would have thought putting Katie Brennan in the forward line would have helped Richmond? Kick some goals. (laughs) Yeah. Kick some points even. Yeah. They, I just think they looked really good. They looked cohesive, but Brisbane are just a top class team. They just were a powerhouse. But the positive being Richmond's first quarter. And Richmond scoring their first goal at Punt Road. Punt Road. It's pretty awesome. The third positive for me was seeing GWS out on the field. Oh, yep. That was going to be in my mm. positives too. Mm. Just, I think we've spoken about it at length and I think the media coverage is starting to pick up on the struggles that they've faced over the last six to 12 months, let alone the last six to 12 weeks and the last six to 12 days. So seeing GWS out on the park, regardless of the scoreline, I think Alan said um, quite aptly after the game that just turning up and putting on that performance was amazing. Um, And Elise Parker with 29 disposals and those pink boots flashing around in Fremantle. I was, she's, I just can't, deal with her same I oh she I'm is she's electric she yep. ele- there was one point when it was really like GWS were on the back foot and Frio were bringing it out from their back 50 and she literally worked from the middle of the ground off to the right hand side pocket to just punch the ball over the boundary line and then jogged back to her midfield position and it's just like that is electric. She's awesome. Positive. Yep. Caddy, what were your positives? Oh, you're so organised, Hibba. How was I on the fly? I, I'm <laughs> quite impressed. 
Can I just say I take great pride in being the least organised podcast on <laughs> AFLW that you can listen to? No. Just joking. It's now. our badge of honour. Alison's no. very organised. <laughs> Hibber is medium size organised and I'm by far the worst. You brought dinner. That's good. True. Um, all right. So highlights from the weekend. Where to start? The St Kilda Bulldogs game is where I would like to start. Ugh. I have to say that that was my favorite. I think that's my favorite AFLW game I've watched so far in five seasons of football. It was so fun to watch. Wasn't it? It was fast. The skills were excellent. The tackling was intense. It was just a really, really great game of footy. Um, I think although I have since – I didn't realize at the time and I don't know how, but – that there was a little bit of a lopsided free kick count. I'm not sure if that impacted on the result of the game or not, but it didn't impact on the quality of the game, I don't think. No. Do you know the other amazing thing about that game was how much rain we had received that day and the night before, and yet the skills were amazing, and I was really apprehensive about what the game was going to be like because of Mm. how wet it was, but they just adapted to the situation, and obviously the ground at Moorabbin must be excellent, but they dealt with it professionally and oh just so clean it was so much fun to watch yeah I was thinking about um the the rule changes that that they've brought into AFLW you know the 16 aside and all the rules to make the game faster well if that type of game is the result of those rule changes then it's worked hasn't it yeah I think that's a question from the pod last week was Mm. you know are these rules good and I think that was the the perfect example following up from from that. Um, second thing. There's so much. Footy's back. Like, sellouts. That's my second thing. Mm. Sellouts. Mm-hmm. Three sellouts from the weekend, I think. Um, the Carlton-Collingwood game ended up being a sellout a few hours before the first bounce. St Kilda, same deal. And the Richmond game, of course, sold yep. out in... I don't know, an hour or something ridiculous. And I know we're talking about restricted numbers um, in a COVID world, but how great is it that, you know, at least a thousand people were going to each game. I know there's, um, Punt Road was particularly restricted, but, you know, it's taking this long to bring in $10 a ticket and how happy people are to pay to watch women's sport enough to sell out games. And it's happened again. I just read before the North game, at Arden Street for this weekend is already sold out as well. So I'm just excited that people have walked the talk and have turned up. And especially when the weather was not looking so flash on Friday um, at the St Kilda game and have gone to the footy. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think they've done some serious work on the surface at Moorabbin because <laughs> it used to be just a mud pit. Just average. Yeah. There used to be a joke about how they would turn the sprinklers on before a game at Moorabbin. Really? Yeah, to deliberately slow down the opposition. And my last one, well, actually, I have about 20, but the last one I'll bring to the table was Erin Phillips. She's back. She's Mm. back. She was, like, selling candy left, right and centre and kicking goals over over her shoulder. So, safe to say she hasn't slowed down at all. Um, and it's scary. It must be quite intimidating to see for other 
other players and as a teammate must be amazing having her back. So I think AFLW in general is pleased to see her out there and running around, as we have already talked yeah. last week about some of the returning players, but we all know that Erin Phillips is a little bit of special something X factor there. So really, really pleased to see her back and kicking goals. How much fun would it be if you were that good at footy? Oh, my God. Like, I have fun and I'm average. <laughs> and then there's her. Like, she, you know where she's smiling and, like, throwing punches because in the air. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, oh, she's just so good. She's so good. So good. Alison, what about you? What were your, what were your positives well, <clears throat> this weekend? Well, next week I'm going first. <laughs> <laughs> we stole them all. But yeah, I think the first one was just footy being back, going to the season opener at Icon, walking there. You know, I, I live close enough that I can walk to the ground and it still gets me every year going to that opening game. You know, I, I grew up a Carlton supporter, so I have feel like I've grown up at that ground. And then to now go there to watch women's footy, it's like Christmas Day. Like, I seriously... It's my favourite day of the year. And, um, yeah, it was just – it's just great. And, yes, you know, wasn't the result that I personally was after, but it was it was a really great game and just to endure, you know, a six-month lockdown to get that as the reward was just like – Was it worth it? Was It was worth it. I would do oh, it again. Good. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. My next positive was definitely – the St Kilda Doggies game. I know we've already talked about it, um, but it just I think it's just one of the best games of women's footy I've seen. Like it was just, mm. yeah. I was messaging people left, right and centre. Like I could not believe what I was watching. The Terry Kios was absolutely everywhere. Don't you think? You just, I mean, I wasn't Incredible. at the game. I watched it on telly. Yeah. And I just feel like at every single contest, sort of significant play of the game there she was she's just always there yeah it's incredible yeah and just those two teams in particular like they've got such you know young exciting talent so I just I just feel like these teams are going to be you know the benchmark for the next five or six years at least so it was kind of like an exciting glimpse to the future as well you know jumping in for one second on a personal level I was so warmed to see returns of girls who had been out injured. Oh, Kiva, that is my next point. <laughs> Go for it, Alison. I'm so glad you were going to bring it up. My next positive, because a lot of it came out of that game as well, um, return from long-term injuries and how they just didn't miss a beat. In fact, actually, let's just take a step back. The whole competition, mm. you know, these Victorian-based teams haven't played footy for 12 months pretty mm. much and you wouldn't have guessed it no. with the standard of footy that we had so further to that um Tani White she was she was I did not know how good a footballer she was until I watched that game I didn't quite understand it mm. until the last quarter when she just made goal yep. saving Marks, marks and, yep. and tackles and pressure and like Peter Sill blabbed on about her return. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll see how she goes. May, might be apprehend. No. Mm. Sorry. Back to you, Alison. Yep. So actually on the coverage, they were pronouncing it Von Berto. Yeah. What was? No. 
Is it? No. We need to get clarification from someone at St Kilda. <laughs> Nat Exxon, Kate Sheilor. Someone. Someone. Let us know. Kate McCarthy. Kate McCarthy. Anyone. Is it Von, Von Batouche, which I'm really hoping it is, or is it Von Birdo? <laughs> <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Nadia Von Birdo. I was like, that's not a racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> but also to, to add add to the people returning from injury, obviously Chelsea Randall, um, Steph Kane, Tia Haynes at Frio, um, Hannah Button. Go with a button. We love Hannah Button. Game high, 13 tackles she laid. <gasps> Hannah Button. She is the hardest button to button. <laughs> she's, she's a new fave of the show. What's that, what's that rule when you were a blazer with the three buttons? And it's like, <laughs> sometimes, always, never. <laughs> well, I'm going to wear my Hannah Button in the middle. <laughs> for Hannah Button, always. It's the... It's the <laughs> always it's, done up. It's the dependable button. 13 tackles button. Yeah. And it, seriously, if we could use the White Stripes song, it would be the new intro for the oh, pod. Copyright. Mm. And Maddie Kieran? Oh, yeah. Mads G, of course. Yes. Oh, How can I forget? Mads G. Yeah. So, round of applause to, to all those who returned from injury. And my last one, again, it was referenced earlier, <laughs> but just the performance that GWS put out <sighs> on Sunday, um, even... Even the emotion minutes before they bounce the ball, um, I just I'm. If you don't hold a special place in your heart for the Giants, then you hate football. Is my yes. is my opinion. See you later. Yeah, the same Giants who then jumped on a plane with the Crows the seconds after the game to get out of there. You know, to half an hour again. before this new lockdown on another adventure mm. across the country. Um, Thank God they're back in Sydney, but they're stuck inside. I, I really hope they've got those, you know, good little toiletry-sized <laughs> things to travel with because you'd want some frequent flyer points <laughs> as well, wouldn't you? Seriously, but did they end up going back to Sydney just because it was a shorter quarantine? Probably. And because then the fixture can be what it needs yeah. to be. Yeah. Cause so if they went to Adelaide... Cause they'd be stuck with the poor crows who are now in 14 days quarantine yeah. together. Mm. <laughs> oh, what a bloody what disaster. A <laughs> Thinking of all those who are, all those players, West Coast, Fremantle, Adelaide and Giants yeah. players, I really do think, like, thinking of you a lot because it yeah. is very hard to be an elite sports person when you're it's under these conditions. elite sports yeah, person. <laughs> true. Yeah, And don't even get me started, but why isn't the rest of the AFLW on the same restrictions? It's such an unfair advantage. I think it's... Oh, completely. Crap. Yep. So, in a in a typical match review, there's positives, but there's always RFIs. Always. Hiba. Mm. RFIs from the weekend. To be honest, I was so happy that footy was back. It's kind of hard to find an RFI, but the only RFI that I can think of right now is the fact that the St Kilda Western Bulldogs game was not televised on free to air yeah and so it just uh, it was fine because i've committed to the app slash fox footy i've got those things and i screen it but um i just love to see every game televised on free to air even seven mate that's fine um 
So, my, yeah, that's my round one RFI is just the ability to watch the games. Mm. What about you, Caddy? I don't know if I want to open up this can of words, but dare I say... I love it. No, bring it. Bring it. Dare I say Geelong? Yep. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> close it. Close it. Close it. Close it. <laughs> what happened? What happened there? What do we think? Well, I just... I don't know if it was Geelong played badly or North were just like really brutal and clinical. I think it was a potent mixture of both. Mm. And I think Geelong were missing Nemo. Mm. You know, that's star power. And it sometimes only takes one star power player to change your game. I don't I don't know. It just looked like to me Geelong didn't really ever get going like they were just on the back foot from the start. Obviously King kicked three goals yeah. from the that's a tough one to start, but they didn't really do anything. They didn't try and negate her influence. Or the people the North players who were really influential in the first sort of ten minutes, it kind of, I felt like they were a bit slow to respond. Um and that sort of just took the game away from them from the start. But I don't know, like I was really surprised to be honest with that score line. I mean I think most people were but because mm. uh, Although Morrison's missing, there's still a hell of a lot of star power in that Geelong team and a lot of good quality experienced players. There's a lot of young ones too, but I was really surprised with what happened. Um, I don't think we'll see them that happen again, but yeah, just that is my RF. Probably I imagine Geelong a little bit disappointed in their performance in a number of areas. Mm. I've got a small RFI. Okay. Now... There's a team runner that I know and who shall remain nameless, but former premiership player for a, an AFLW team, oh. um, had a discussion on the weekend and I found out that she's had to wear the previous season's runner's uniform. Now, the, the runner before her was a man <laughs> who was the <laughs> fitness coordinator for <laughs> said club. So size large. Size large. And this particular person is not a size large. <laughs> no. <laughs> but when they queried the AFL about the runner's uniform, whether they were getting sent out, something about the shipments from China not coming, and the, the AFL just advised them to go and see a seamstress. <laughs> no. I have a very good one, but they're in Brunswick. But <laughs> What? So just a bit of an RFI from the AFL. Like I know your supplier, like a lot of people are running into this issue, mm. suppliers from overseas and shipments being delayed, but surely. I'm oh. sure if it was AFLM, there'd be a way they'd find <laughs> Surely, surely oh, dear. they could find someone in the textile industry. <laughs> oh, that's shocking. Some, to get some form-fitting runner's uniforms. Mm. For 2021. Mm, dear. I mean, the pink's not flattering in any size, but at least, you know, give it a crack. And my other RFI is just COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got some room for improvement, mate. <laughs> Please stop messing with the Just picture. stop messing with our game. <laughs> so, we're just going to take a little break in our usual transmission here to make a quick phone call. 
Sarah Perkins. <laughs> well, you're on you're on the speakerphone with Al and Caddy. Hey Perko. Hey Perks. <laughs> this is gonna be the worst interview you've ever done. Have you prepared some questions, Rachel? Hibber? No, I asked you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Hibber's gone and organised an interview, and she hasn't prepared any Al, questions. No, Al, you're the real journalist. Here. This is true. You're the host. Well, <laughs> you've just sprung this on me right now, Perko. Yes. How did you feel after your first game for Gold Coast? Um, I probably felt a little bit better if we won. Um, but. Yeah, I had some fun, so it was, it was good. And, um, yeah, I kept, kicked a couple of snags, so I'm pretty happy with that. On the snags, Perko, will you tell us uh, about the, the little goal celebrations and what they um, were? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can if, can if you want. Um, don't fill me in on what I did, Rachel. I'm a bit confused. I can't, can't seem to remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was a, a bit of a love heart thrown in there. And then the second one happened so quickly that I don't know what happened. So just 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 run us through uh, what they were, and uh, how did you know where the cameras were? <laughs> um, can confirm. I don't know where any cameras are. Um, but no, I threw up two uh, two love hearts after both of them, um, and the second one I pointed pointed um, sorry towards my family who were in the stands. So that was there was a second one um, to them, uh, especially my dad, who's had a pretty rough uh, couple of months going through um, some um, some treatment since I've, I've left. So it was good that he could come up here and be in the stands. But um, the first one uh, was a bit of a bit of a shout out to a few special people who I forced to run ten um, k's with me. Um, I think in May last year, not long after we all got locked up in a global pandemic, and uh, I think he may have been one of those people. So. Yeah, it was a bit of a shout out to you and, and the rest of the crew who, who ran 10K with me. That's the biggest compliment I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Perks. Love your guts. No worries. <laughs> hey, Perko, Caddy here, long time listener, great fan of yours. You know that. How did you feel after that rundown at Daisy Pierce? That was my favourite bit of the game. Um, look, it's probably out there as, as a big highlight of mine. I think I've. Um, I played along, <laughs> played along against Daisy for a very long time, and I don't think I've ever been able to to catch her, let alone, um, yeah, get her holding the ball. So um, yeah, it was pretty funny. We had a bit of a chuckle about it after the game. I don't think she was happy that I got her holding the ball. <laughs> um, Did you know it was her? Um, well, I mean, yes, because I know that Daisy's number six, but she just happened to be the person that got the handball received. So. Um, in that moment, can't say that I knew it was her until after I'd got up and went, holy shit, I just tackled Daisy Pierce and I got her <laughs> holding the ball. Um, and that's an achievement in itself. But, um, nah, yeah, I felt, felt pretty good. And, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for my highlight reel when my career's done. <laughs> you can retire. <laughs> um, so, Perko, Caddy made a really big claim last week that uh, she feels that the Gold Coast leadership group might actually be her favourite leadership group. <laughs> in the AFLW, and you are part of that leadership group. How does it feel after only being there for such a short time to already be amongst the leaders? Um, yeah, I did hear Caddy's comments uh, when I listened to the podcast today, actually. When Do I was you listen to the podcast? Oh, I'm delivery, so um, <laughs> I appreciate it, Caddy, but you've, you've, you've got to lay off on the comments or you're going to cost me a, a lot of beverages one day, I assume. But, it's um, all right, mate. I'll I'm pay pretty, pretty honoured and, um, and humbled to, to have been 
I guess, given a spot in the leadership group after sort of only being here for a, for a hot minute. But um, yeah, we're we're slowly working together and, and learning each other, learning each other's game styles and the way that we all lead. And um, yeah, just trying to make sure that we're consistent from obviously our two co-captains down to um, some emerging leaders that we've got in there as well. So um, yeah, it's a pretty unique group. And I guess in terms of age and um, experience in, in footy, but um, yeah, loving the opportunity to, to lead with the rest of those girls. Okay, that's that's really nice. So, Perko, what's the feel around the club? Obviously, you had a loss on the weekend, but I don't know. I think you played pretty well. The Demons surprised me, actually, with how good they were, but also Paxi just really led the way there. But I think the Suns are positioning themselves pretty well, the, the style of football you're playing and um, sort of not backing down and really, really taking it to teams. Do you think that Collingwood's going to be like a really big challenge or are you excited by it or are the girls daunted? What's the sort of feeling around the place? Well, I guess it's just, it's exciting that I get, we get to play footy. Um, obviously having such a long break in between for a few of us on the list, obviously the girls got to go back and play quaffle. So um, they spent a bit of time in, um, I guess over that winter period when everyone else was locked up um, in their house playing footy and, and training and, um, and working on their strengths and their weaknesses. So, um, yeah, Lakey's got us trying to be as competitive as possible and um, they obviously had a really good run last year to make finals and um, the club's goal is to just be that consistent footy team that, that pushes to make finals and, um, yeah, I don't think being a back down from, from anyone and um, not we're trying not to be intimidated and, yeah, we've got some really fresh girls who are, who are new to footy and have no fear in them. So, um, yeah, I think Collingwood will be another good test for us this week um, or weekend and, yeah, hopefully we can be as competitive as we were against these and we don't give away too many uh, 50 metre penalties or some free kicks in front of goal but Coach uh, that's just education and, and discipline from us. Who's your favourite player at the Suns to play with? That's a tough question because I've only played a uh, Played one game in a practice match. Um, <laughs> I'm full of the tough questions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very good question. Uh, I, you can't say you have favourites. Um, it's just the podcast. With, no one listens, don't worry. <laughs> I, I enjoy playing with um, Galinda, obviously. Um, didn't didn't hit her, I guess, the, the quality that she probably wanted to on the weekend. Stano's a ripper, um, Serene. And then I, I really enjoyed playing with Leah Kasler, if I'm being honest, on the weekend, mm. considering the last time that the two of us were probably at Metricon Stadium, we were playing against each other in um, the first grand final. And, um, yeah, for us to, to get some connection up forward is um, was a real positive for the team. Um, is there anything you want to ask us, Perko? Oh, I, w- I will ask you one question. Uh, your thoughts on Jamie Stanton's um, golf celebration and the, the double cobra and the... The length of the double <laughs> she, she held up. Just, just some feedback. So I can pass it on to her, of course. And I know she listens to the podcast. So yeah, if I'm being honest, I think it was a bit over the top <laughs> for Jamie. I know she's quite a uh, um, a quiet achiever. Um, so the double cobra was a lot. But then again, look, it surprised me. I, I won't lie. I, I, I didn't know she had it in her. So good on her. I, I want more of it. Yeah, more. We want more. I will pass that on to her. She's uh, she's been working her forward craft, so um, I'll tell her she needs to work on her goal celebrations as well. Yeah, as long as you can kick the goals, you can celebrate them however the hell you want. <laughs> Just don't miss. <laughs>
I'd celebrate a point, to be honest, from the back line. I think you have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, just thank you so much uh, for your time, Perko. Well, no worries. Anytime. Well, what if it's a weekly segment? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't do that to you, Perko. Don't worry. But thank you so much for your time and um, for your friendship at the podcast, off the podcast. You're a great human being and we relish watching you on the TV. Um, and so, so glad that you're back out there playing at the highest level because you deserve every moment that you're out there. Yeah. Well, I reckon that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me right now. <laughs> I'll take it and run. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Thanks, Perko. Thanks, Thanks Perko. Good Bye. luck. Have fun. Bye. See ya. Okay. The People's Podcast has question time again this week. And every week. And every week from here on in. Yeah, it, it, it went so well for us last week that we, we thought that we'd just keep going with it. Please help us with our content. <laughs> <laughs> People's podcast by the people for the people. So, first question mm-hmm. from at row underscore Kel. Mm-hmm. Fixture upheaval question. Oofed. I think we expected that there might be some shuffling due to logistics, but I wasn't expecting it to happen in round two. Me neither. How do you reckon they will manage rescheduling and thoughts on optimal minimal time between rounds to manage load, injuries, etc.? This is a real concern of mine because there was talk this afternoon about the games still might be able to happen this weekend, but they haven't trained. No. They haven't trained. They won't be allowed into a gym necessarily. Injury prevention. Ugh. It's just such a big, big, big deal. The other thing they're proposing is midweek games to try oh and catch it up, God. which is not workable. We talk about ideal re- um, recovery time. I know that they jam-packed the AFLM fixture, that 21 footy days of footy festival or whatever it was at some point right in the middle of lockdown, um, where they were playing pretty frequently, but... They had the facilities to recover properly, like mm. we just talked about. They haven't – these particularly the teams – well, the teams that have been locked down don't have access to training, let alone recovery facilities. So even getting them up to play a game of football, this like we mentioned this weekend, is ridiculous. Mm. But then to try and instead of that throw them in two weeks, you know, a midweek game in there somewhere throughout the season is going to be a complete disadvantage to that team – on so many levels in terms of recovery and then playing the next round and the previous rounds. It just doesn't make sense. It has to be something that's equitable for all. And I just can't, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, because they're so insistent on having this season done in this time frame. I just don't know what they're going to do. And I, I guess the matter of the fact is you will either, they will either throw in a midweek game or they will add on a week at the end of the season to play any games that they need to catch up on. But what happens if a team has two weeks where they miss games or, you know, just so many factors and I think they just need to make a call earlier, sooner rather than later, about what they actually will do. I don't know. No one knows. The AFL don't know what they'll do. Like, GWS have been in three different states in four days. (laughs) So, who knows? Who will go where and who will play who, what, when, where? I, yeah. Yeah. Access to facilities is also a big one for me. You know, like 
Chelsea Randall this afternoon. I saw her on Instagram. She did a shout out if anyone could lend her a treadmill or a watt bike, like because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's stuck at home. The, and the AFLM didn't have to travel, so no. they were in their That's hotels right. and they had their recovery and they had their sleep and they did whatever they needed to do. But the women don't have that luxury, or many luxuries. But we won't open that can of worms. Um, yeah, it's unfathomable to try and guess what they will do. So getting back to Kel's question, <laughs> the how do you reckon they'll manage it, and you know what what do you think is the optimal minimal time between games? I think the optimal minimal time between games is at least five days. Mm. And how will they manage it? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so if they've done two, so there's seven rounds. To take out the two postponed games this week. May yet be unpostponed, but that's just not reality. If they do, they I think they're going to have to move to a hub model where they just do, you know, like what they were trying to do with this unfortunate incident, you know, COVID incident now. I think that's the only way they're going to be able to manage it and reduce the likelihood of disruption to the season. But I don't know if the part-time players are going to be all going to be able to commit mm-hmm. to such a thing of going somewhere for a period of two weeks to yeah. play the two games. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's and I guess you could do three games in a two-week period. Yeah. So you could, you, could. you could say to WA teams that they need to go to Queensland and GWS and Adelaide off to Queensland. Mm-hmm. And so you play three games in two weeks and then hub in Melbourne and whatever – but, yeah, like you said, the part-time nature of it is that not everyone has annual leave. Not everyone has the ability to do that. I think girls – and sorry, I think women would do that for two weeks. But anything longer than that I don't think is sustainable. No. Um, so, yeah, in answer, I don't think the AFL know what they will do. And I don't know if the players do. Yeah. No. But, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think three games in two weeks is doable. Um, mm. just not every two weeks, and no, with the games s- sort of refixtured appropriately in terms of that split, it's a tough one. Mm. I d- it is a tough one, and I don't know the answer. I like, yeah, don't I don't envy the AFL yeah, trying to make no, these decisions either. But yeah, God, no. you know. Anyway, on to the next. Okay, next question. Oh, at Crash Thompson, another question. Yeah. Are we fans of the lasso rule, like Daniel Harford, or not so glad to see it back, like Beck Goddard? Does this mean we have to pick sides? <laughs> Who's our favourite commentator <laughs> or coach? Well, I think I know who you're going to go with. Uh, no, actually, I was not a fan of lasso rule until this weekend. And then I was listening to Harford's comments, actually, and I actually thought, it. I think I like it. I like it being back. And I don't know if this is just the games I was watching, but it seemed to reduce sloppiness in the game. And I think forced decision-making um, to not always have the boundary as your extra player. And I think it keeps the game moving. And I do – I see I see how it works. And I think I'm okay with it. Mm. Like there's some games I didn't notice it at all. Like yeah. Friday night, I did yeah. not notice it. But then – you know, the Geelong North game I did. Mm. Mm. Um, so I don't know whether it's just the the speed of the game. Can I just say the umpires have 
The one issue I do have with it is the umpires don't seem to be consistent with it. And I think mm. um, it's a little bit individualistic. On subjective. Who, um, yeah, subjective. That's the word mm. I'm looking for about when they're going to call it and when they're not. So that's quite frustrating as a player and a coach. So that's the one thing I would say is a negative about it. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I think it does let the game play. Just a quick Beck Goddard comment. This was my favourite line of the weekend. She was commentating oh, the Thursday the, night game. Yeah, she was com- no, she was commentating the Ruse Geelong game. Oh, and Caitlin Ashmore had run on and kicked a goal from about forty out, and it was a really great goal. <laughs> and the ball goes back to the middle for a, for a throw in. Oh, what's it called? A ball, ball up. <laughs> and Beck Goddard chimes in with, "There's no menu at the restaurant called Karma. You just get what you deserve." <laughs> And I think about all the comments that I heard as a little kid growing up from some really horrendous commentators and, you know, terrible lines. But that is excellent. Bad, but excellent. What was it on Thursday night when Brie Davy kicked that goal? It's like watching Brie Davy kick that goal is like watching your, yeah, your ex, ex on a hot date or something. <laughs> yes. And then I think Tilly Lucas Rod replied saying, on the hot date. I'm hot date. <laughs> Love that. Good banter. Good Love banter. it. Yeah. Love the banter. Um, the lasso rule, I hated it originally because it was the whole ground and it was just absurd. Remember yeah. that first year they brought yeah, it in? In the 50s, doesn't make but sense. But now it's between yeah. the arcs. It's yeah. I, I, th- I think it's fine. We played it on the weekend in our practice match and I actually thought a couple of times they called it. I was, yeah, I think it improved the quality mm. of the game. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Oh, at Data Kid twenty three. Another question: Is Duffin a walk up starter for North anymore? Ooh. That is a good Huge question. Data Kid twenty three. I was really impressed with North Melbourne's backline, and if there were a backline that I would be worried about trying to slot into in the AFLW competition, it would be North's. That's just my opinion. Why is it – what makes it such a good backline? I think they're clinical. So, mm. it must be that – so, they're obviously coached well and they have been for the last couple of seasons. But I also think they've got height across the board. You've got Talia Randall. You've got Jazz Grierson. You had Britt Gibson who unfortunately has done an injury. But uh, it just – they're just clinical. Like you yep. said, you've used that word and I think it's perfect for them. Um, really good by foot too. Yes, really, really, really reliable, like, yeah. and it was a, it was so evident on the weekend. I think she still is obviously up there, but I don't know if she's a shoe in. I haven't seen we haven't seen her play. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. I think without it's a great question. Yeah, great question. I think without being in the inner sanctum and watching what's going on, I think um, an absolute champion. She's just so smart. But She's even if she played that champion. even if she played that role that Daisy Pierce played last yeah. year when she was coming back Off from pregnancy back, yeah. as well, saying just being that general in the back line, perhaps yeah. she still has that potential if she hasn't got it physically. But we don't know if she does. I think I just think I think that with North they've probably got enough fitness and speed and run that they wouldn't lose anything from putting her in there. She's and not she's a liability. Not at all. Exactly. She's not going to be a liability. And like to have someone with her smarts in there, oh, God, like it's it's tough to not put her in. Mm. Surely. It's oh, yeah. frightening 
for all the other, other teams. teams. Yep. That's great. Mm. But, yeah, great question. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess we'll just keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I hope, yeah. I want to see her back. I want to see her yeah. play. Yeah, oh, for sure. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay, next question. At GL Bastiani. Gemma. Alison. Alison. <laughs> After jumping ship back to Carlton this year, <laughs> how did you enjoy the Melbourne win? I feel like that's a bit of a pointed question there, well, it doesn't GL name Bastiani. You. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I still, I still love Melbourne, obviously. Very, very, very happy to see them get the win, even though I also love the Gold Coast. <laughs> but do you know what's do you know what's happened? It's June. It's June going to oh, Carlton. The Aliso Day effect. It's got me like sorry, Darcy, but there had it obviously had to be, you know, another Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Or just June in general, to be honest. I just I think it's June's like passion for footy. And I remember like way, way, way back in, I, th- I think it a- maybe actually may have been the first ever season of this AFL life. And we had June on as a guest and it was the day that um, they announced the 2017 <gasps> competition. Like Amazing. it was the, you know, the big announcement mm. was made. And I remember this comment that June made and she's like, oh, you know, I keep all- hearing all of these players, like all these people saying, oh, how how great this is for, you know, eight-year-old girls now that this announcement's been made. But she's like, I'm really happy for me. Because, <laughs> like, I've just wanted to play footy at the highest level all my life. Yeah. And I just, I, I guess, yeah, June's a real footy tragic and a real footy head. And I, I don't know, something about her being in the blues is just... Drawing you back. Yeah. I do think she brings an incredible energy that, at any level of football, at VFL last year when she came back and played a few games for us, oh. just changed the dynamic of the group. And so I, Carlton are richer for having her. Melbourne have lost a little bit of a gem. Um, but, yeah, I, oh, she's just she, – yeah, it's the Elise Day effect. Yeah. And you can just see the impact she's had. Like, mm. how excited is Darcy this year that she's back mm-hmm. at the club? Yeah, just exactly. Just can't stop posting. Yeah. Jumper just press. Excitement. Yeah. 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 Everything. And that's podcast. Yeah. That just really shows the impact she has on that team. So I guess what you're saying, Alison, is that you haven't regretted the move back to Carlton. Not one bit. There you go. There's your answer. But, you know, but obviously still love Melbourne. We love everyone. Yeah. We love football. Okay. Over to Instagram now. This is a question from at Mitch underscore FC. Oh. Listener question for Caddy. <laughs> This is a stitch up. I can tell. Word on the street mm. is you turned it on in a VFL match sim last Thursday oh and are thinking of making a James Podziadley style <laughs> coaching staff to rookie draftee oh, impact. Shivers. Is this true, Caddy? Oh, I'm speechless. <laughs> Have we still got a, a, a list spot available, Mitch underscore FC? <laughs> If we do, sign her up. Look, we had a match in the other night. I had to play to make up numbers. I played approximately 12 minutes of football, I reckon. Probably 10. I managed to snag a goal and then I plan on never doing that ever again because... How'd you pull up? 
a little bit sore. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit sore. (laughs) Didn't do any warm-up. Just jumped straight into it. No, it was fun. It was good fun. But, yes, I'm absolutely too old and too unfit to be playing VFLW. That's without a doubt. But, you know, look forward to kicking around in Div 3 sometime soon. Um, Well, at Perco29, Maeve already asked her question. How elite uh, was Jamie Stanton's goal celebration? It was... I won't say elite. Yeah, I think we established that there on was... On the way to. That, that yeah. was probably... Maybe could have been one of our RFIs. RFI, Jamie Stanton. Practice your goal celebration. Yeah. No, it was great. And do if, you know what? You kicked no, the goal. If you're going to kick the opening goal of the game, I want something bit better. Well, I want a love heart. <laughs> <laughs> From you, Stano. <laughs> okay, Ellen B. Positive. G'day. How good a North? Now, there's no question mark, so I don't know if the question <laughs> is, is rhetorical stop. or not, whether it's a statement or a question. They are good. They're pretty impressive. But they were. Yeah. I mean, before clinical. The, yeah. clinical. Before the season started, all the coaches and, you know, yeah. all of those in the know were backing them, backing them in. Yeah. You know, them Jazzy and Freeman. Jenna Bruton. Emma King, Kevin just Ashmore, their midfield is just that's so deep and like, it, I mean, I just I just reckon that Emma King must have been carrying an injury last year, mm. given the amount of time she spent up forward. When like she starts in the ruck on Sunday and she just has like she kicks, I mean she wasn't even starting up forward and she kicked three, three goals, goals as a starting ruck, resting forward. Quick comment on rucks, return of Lauren Pierce. Pierce. Boom. Should have been in the positives. Should have been in the positives because mm-mm-mm. So good to see L Pierce back on the field, not caring about her injuries, feeling good, feeling fit, making a difference, tapping that thing out of the air, bang, straight to the feet. Feet? Straight to the hands <laughs> of the people who need the ball the most. Yep. Just saying. Okay. Love you. LP is back, baby. So, yeah. I think we've established North are good. <laughs> yep. They're not bad. Not bad. Pretty good percentage, 770 or whatever. Set an all-time record. Yep. Do you know, but the thing was, I didn't know this, but like they wouldn't have registered that per- that percentage if Geelong hadn't yeah. have scored. I wonder if they said that at three-quarter time. Like, like if I was Geelong. Let them go to a point. Yep. 788.9%. Yeah. That's percentage that's yeah. Elizabeth underscore Tucky. How underrated is Ellie Blackburn? Oh, I think we were all messaging at the time that Ellie Blackburn just... The pickup? Oh. That first goal she kicked? Mm. Oh. What? Just the the chat went off. We were just like, Ellie Blackburn, <laughs> great hands, pick up, goal. But just like she was running full pace yeah. and she scooped it off the ground and Which is really difficult to do. It's really difficult to do. Yeah. In, I can't in, even do that standing still. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do that with my lunch, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's underrated as much as she is. This is a terrible word, but forgotten. Because no, at the first I agree. at the first season, it was all, you know, she was someone who was in all the media and she was doing a lot of that kind of thing. And now she's the captain, which is excellent. So we see a lot more of her in that regard. But as a player, not just as a captain, I, th- I think she's a little bit forgotten. Mm. Um, yeah, she's she's, yeah. A f- she's a fantastic footballer. Yeah, because I think for a little while, you know, she was bo- she was kind of behind K 
Katie Brennan and Carney and and yeah. stuff. But now that she's she's at the forefront, yeah, she's and she's I don't know. This year it seems like she's grown into that captaincy or something. Mm. Like she's just I don't know. She's felt epic. like she's arrived. That's what I felt like. To be honest, I don't. I never rated her highly in terms of. I think really? it was just that she never stood out to me. And as someone who hasn't been around Melbourne footy like a heap and. She was never someone who really, really stood out to me as a player. I did could see that she was an excellent player, but wasn't that like control the game standout mm. performance like she had on Friday night? I thought she. I was very impressed, mm. and I hope. Yeah, I think. Oh, maybe. And the captain's goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that second goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think they've got a great leader in her there. So that's really fantastic to see. Um, And the very, very, very last question from at Hibs doing things. (laughs) (laughs) Will Hibber return with fried shallots? And sadly, no. I should have known the answer to that one. Bring back the shallots. Yeah, we had weevils in the pantry. (laughs) So I had to throw them out. Oh, no. Devastating. Sad. Great questions. Well, that was Pam. that's it for question time. Thank you. This is my favourite segment. It's great. That we do. And do you guys do you know that L doesn't tell us the questions? Uh, no. So we have no idea what's coming. So yeah, he, our responses uh, are genuine. I did have a look at the Twitter and stopped the questions, but I didn't research or anything. That's I just had a very. Oh. Well, she tagged me in and I kept getting notifications. Well, I tagged, I tagged Caddy as well, but which she obviously doesn't oh, check Twitter. I don't have time for social media. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Neither do I. You what have an, like an actual real job. <laughs> Hang on. So, we've got a new segment. Because of the success of my <laughs> off-the-cuff question last week of would you rather be tackled by Chelsea Randall or Kiara Bowers, mm. we bringing in a would you rather segment now Mm -hmm. we all have to bring a would you rather question to the table it was your idea Hibba but I will go first oh okay please do so my question is would you rather be the stepladder when Taylor Harris takes mark of the year or would you rather be the player having to chase down Gemma Houghton as she takes seven bounces (laughs) To kick goal of the year. Oh, Taylor Harris, stepladder. At least you, you can be seen in the footage. You mightn't even be seen in the Gemma footage. Of, Left in her know, dust. Yeah. You might be 50 metres behind, but you've been told to train like you play and play like you train. And I'd rather be a stepladder. I reckon it's the only way I'm ever going to be remembered for football if I'm Taylor Harris's stepladder. So, yeah. Yeah, agree. you're with me on that. And... I'll fight you for it. I don't even reckon I'd try and chase down Houghton on the wing or anywhere, actually. So it's a good one. I like that one, but it's a stepladder for me. Oh, I think definitely the stepladder. Because <laughs> it's like, because I'm just thinking of the replay vision. Yeah. Mm. Like, it, yes, it might be played in slow motion, but it's still going to be shorter than watching yourself trying to chase someone for seven bounces. What's your would you rather, Hibber? <clears throat> This was inspired by one, COVID, and two, our live at the pub last year. Yes. Would you rather watch a game at the pub with 200 AFLW supporters or watch the game as the only spectator at the game? Pub for me. I love watching footy with 
my fellow supporters. It really, that's what was missing, I suppose, in those many, many months of isolation and watch plenty of footy, watch plenty of sport, actually, every sport you can think of. But it's hard when there's no one to enjoy it with. I mean, that being said, it is great being there. Oh, it's a tough one. But imagine, just just cheering. That's what I mean. And wouldn't you feel bad if you were just cheering for one of the teams? I'd just be like, go footy! Aren't you, Al? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think you get a better view of the game being at the game. But, yeah, I'm with you, Caddy. Like the pub, I need to be with people. Hmm. What about you, Hibba? I agree. I'm very much people-oriented and love a beer at the pub also. So would love to be surrounded by 200 AFLW supporters, regardless of what club they were going for. I think that's super fun. But, yeah, I just thought about it because there were so many times I was sitting at home watching the footy and I just wanted to be at the game. And I kept saying, oh, you know, I wish I was there, even if I was the only one there. So, yeah. But I think hindsight, pub footy. Here's my would you rather. Would you rather lose by 70 points or by one goal in the last 30 seconds of a match? 70 points. Yeah, I think 70 points because... You know you're going to lose. Yeah. But how does that feel? Uh, I don't know. Having been there, done that. <laughs> uh, Same I remember here. The game, I remember the game against Collingwood in 2019 where I was on a rotation of Chloe Malloy, Jamie Lambert and Brie Davey. Oh, my God. And by the end of it, I was just having a really good time talking to them about how they were playing their football. <laughs> and I was like, so if the ball's there, where are you going? And they're like, I'm leading now. Come with me. And I was like, great. And I had a really good time because I was aware that I was losing and I was seeing a lot of the ball in the back line. So I was getting the best of both worlds really was stats and learning. Um, <laughs> but then on the flip side, I've been a part of teams uh, where – you lose by a goal or a point and it's just heartbreaking because you're so close. So what's harder to recover from from a team point of view? Is it can mm. you bounce back quicker from a, lo- a last-minute loss or can you bounce back quicker from a real thrashing? I think you bounce back quicker from a small loss because yeah. you know that you're in it and you know that you can compete at that level. The The big loss, it's almost as if you go, oh, well, that's that. Yeah, because like the big loss, it's like obviously the whole team underperformed. Yeah. Whereas if it's just like a one goal or a kick, it's like you oh. did well, but not. Quite. But but you also re you know you you go over the games like oh if I'd done this in that moment mm. or if that had happened in that moment it's like oh we you know it could have changed the fortune of the game so it's like mm. I don't know it seems like it's more achievable mountain to climb. Yep. Whereas if you absolutely obliterated walloped (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hard to get the whole group up okay good question what would you rather last minute loss just for the reason i guess that's my it's my coach brain it's just (laughs) it's easier to i think it's easier to get a team bouncing back from that yeah that's a coaching perspective yeah true you're you're the coach here yeah oh hardly (laughs) (laughs) all right so to just to wind up Mm-hmm. Um, 
What are we excited about this weekend? Pride round. Same. Yes. For the first time, we have a full pride round. Yes. Yes. What are we expecting from the pride round, do you think? Well, I'm I'm very interested to see how each club celebrates pride round. Historically, it's really Carlton Bulldogs that have led mm. the way here. Yeah. And we, I think we touched on it last season, you know, the smattering of rainbow socks and mm. this and that. Mm. But, yes, I haven't heard or seen anything yet in the media apart from Darcy and Bonnie Bonnie today. Geelong released their jumper today oh. and Brisbane Sorry, are going Geelong. too. And Brisbane have released yeah. a jumper as well, yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, great. I take it back. I also think St Kilda have been really uh, great in the pride previously and especially in the men's uh, footy as well. So I'm really keen to see what they do. Um, obviously, there are two, round, uh, two games postponed f- at the moment as it stands. Um, but, I, yeah, I think pride round all out and I just think club cohesion so my favorite thing about pride round as well is the both teams generally going out together through the flag it just means so much to so many people so yeah yeah I have to agree a league-wide pride round I'm excited about it is anyone getting to any games this week well we've got camp I know we've been taking away from many Victorian games this weekend but I have got tickets to the Friday night Friday night game. Woohoo! So let's hope that there's no sideways rain. Cause yes, <laughs> yeah. that might make get it a your poncho. Bit, yeah, I will, I will. Get your poncho. Double water never hurt no one. <laughs> what about you, Al, are you going to a game? Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully Friday night. Yeah. Woo. I was going to go to the um the North St Kilda game, but I didn't get a ticket in time. Ah. Oh. I would have loved to have gone to Vic Park because yeah. I love Vic oh. Park as a venue and I just would love to be there to see Collingwood take on the Suns. Yeah. We're there in spirit. Away. We're there in spirit, Hibber. Whilst I'm taking you on a hike around Lodeberg State Park I on Saturday afternoon. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Thank you, Hibber and Caddy. Thank you, Alison. Thank you, Alison. Thanks for having us. Um, and thank you to all our listeners. If you want to engage with us during the week, you can contact us on Twitter at This AFL Life. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And we are now on Spotify. Oh, huge. Huge. So just look up This AFL Life uh, and you'll find all our episodes. So we'll see you next week. See you then, Thanks for having us. Bye.